Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Agatsu Physical Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Mosin. And with me today, my very special guest. Ah, yes, cue the applause. It's Sean Lind. Sean, how are you doing? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you let's, for asking. Let's get over the embarrassing thing and uh, just come clean and admit to everyone why we're actually redoing this podcast. Well, they only know now that we're redoing this podcast. You but... know what? It's we both know, and it would have it would have. Ta- I feel it would have tainted what we're about to do, the greatness that is about to come, yeah. if we weren't honest. So I want to be upfront that uh, I was okay, just so out, you, I was just out in Victoria with Sean, or... right? Okay. Where we were right. hanging out. I, I was out in Victoria giving a, a kettlebell certification, and uh, Sean and I were hanging out. And of course, uh, you know, we did some training. Uh, we went to a circus club as soon as we uh, we got to town and stuff, but. Um, we, and I, I right away said, Sean, we got to do a podcast while I'm out here. Let's talk about conjugate gymnastics. Let's talk about all kinds of awesome stuff you're doing. And he's like, great idea. But he also had an addendum to my idea. He, he took a, and that's what he does. He takes a good idea and then and he great. adds things to it. He layers, right? Just, you know, layering complexity, right? That's what you do in gymnastics. So, you know, he's Absolutely. living, right? You're living gymnastics. In- well, I, I, I just figured two simple things, you know, like a friend's over and when you yeah. haven't seen friend in a long time what you do you go up for as an adult you go yes. up for an adult beverage right and you happen to be staying in my house so i was like well why don't we just do the podcast and have a drink while we do a podcast yeah but w- what did you actually su- suggest that we drink oh we uh we we drank mead yeah so we drink he's like i have some viking wine we should drink a few <laughs> bottles of that and now i'm not saying that the podcast wasn't amazing because oh the podcast was, was brilliant it was it was genius uh, that will not easily be duplicated. The issue was, and I don't know if this has anything to do with the way that we recorded uh, or the beverages, but somehow uh, between finishing recording and trying to convert the audio file, everything got corrupted. Now, I'm not saying it has anything to do with alcohol, uh, but it might. So the silly thing is now I'm on the other side of Canada and we're redoing the whole thing, um, but we're both as uh, sober as we can be. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's Tuesday, but it's still, it's still morning. It's still morning. It's, yeah. Well, it's afternoon here, so you never yeah. know. So yeah, welcome exactly. to the show. And uh, now that we got that out of the way, I feel like a, a, you know, a cleanse. I feel like I got that off my uh, chest. Um, I had an awesome time out in Victoria. As soon as we landed, Sarah, Claire, and I got off the plane. Sean was kind enough to pick us up and took us right over to a uh, circus club that he's been training uh, man man or hand-to-hand, as some of you might know it. Some of you might know it as uh, acro, but um, I don't know if that's the best description for it. Uh, I like to think of it from the circus name uh, because it's standing, right? So maybe standing acro might be a nice way to say it. Um, What was the name of that club again that we went to? It was training facility. It was called the Circus Lab. The Circus Lab. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, Yeah. which is maybe... 40 minutes away from Vancouver. Right. In Langley. Is that where it is? Yeah. 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 So it was so, really, uh, it was really, really cool. It was an awesome space. You were there training with a partner and yeah. uh, um, Sarah and I got to, you know, play around a little bit and do uh, some circus stuff, which was super fun. Um, I've had Sean on the show before and we talked a little bit about his background. Um, just touch on it again a little bit. And then I want to talk uh, more about what you're doing now with conjugate gymnastics. But um, speaking of the circus stuff, you did go to the Ecole Nationale de Cirque, or was it the which, which one? I know you went to one of the circus. ECQ. ECQ. Ecole de Cirque de Quebec. Ah, very nice. Oh, what? Yeah. And what did you study at the circus school? 
Uh, I had two dis- two specialties. Oh, well, yeah. technically I had three, but two major disciplines, and that was hand to hand or yeah. man or standing acrobatics or partner acrobatics, right? And, and aerial straps or song. Yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, both of which we can see when uh, you're checking out Sean Lynn's uh, Instagram. You'll see, uh, apart from his gymnastics and his lifting and other stuff that he does, you'll see tons of uh, video clips on that. And uh, you can, if you're not familiar with what straps look like, um, just think rings without the rings, man. Yeah. yeah. Wrap it around the wrist and fly away. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. So, it's, yeah, it's a really cool discipline and a really good counterpoint, right? A lot of uh, circus uh, artists who specialize in handstands will also specialize in that because there's your pulling, right? You have pushing, yeah. pushing, pushing, and then you go to straps and you get to work about pulling. Yeah, it's it's a good compliment. So if you're an aerialist, handstands compliment that. If you're a handstand artist, aerials compliment back and forth. So it's it's a good back and forth. So you and can, you came yeah. to the circus stuff from gymnastics, but you came to gymnastics relatively late. You weren't a I gymnastics did. kid. No, no, I was a I was a martial art kid. I did judo for like uh, I want to say eleven, twelve years. Yeah, yeah until then, I was twenty one, twenty. I think twenty one is when I stopped doing judo. And then when did you get into gymnastics? Uh, twenty three. At twenty three. At twenty three. First time. First time. Walked into a gymnastics club. Did adult drop in, um, which is basically supervision for adults. So there's no structure. For most adults, drop in gymnastics clubs because they don't care to teach adults. It's more like come and play. Right. It's geared towards, you know, ex-gymnasts who want to just continue their skills or adults who just want to play in a gymnastics club or bounce some trampoline a little bit. And so I think that's one of the challenges you have nowadays. Like a lot of people, uh, you know, I see a lot of people that are at our seminars, uh, you know, are interested in gymnastics. They're following yeah. uh, people that are doing gymnastics online. But I think there's this big gap uh, because like you said, you know, most of the gymnastics um, in different towns is geared towards kids. There's yeah. not much uh, training for adults. So that leaves yeah. adults kind of to just try and find these online online programs or whatever. Um, and some of those people that are giving them may have experience training adults and the needs of adults and training athletes or non-athletes. And yeah. some don't. I think some of them come from like they were training kids. Now they know adults are kind of into it. So they're they're trying to, you know, program for adults. But because I think of your background, maybe that gave you a bit of a unique perspective on it because you came in having to learn in a way that was different. You didn't come up as a kid doing gymnastics. So you came in very similar to how people are coming to you now, you know, interested in it, but like, hey, what do I do? I don't have a background in this, dude. Yeah. No, no, that's exactly right. Um, I, I had learned from the ground up and then I had learned as an adult. So I had to... Uh, I'm totally just lost in thought here. Um, yeah, I had to learn not only technique, but I also had to develop a base level of strength. Right. And for for most gymnastics coaches, like they don't like teaching adults because generally most adults don't have the foundation required uh, for strength training or their body weight or their tendons or their muscles aren't quite prepped up. So in order to teach a skill, you have to have years of development and understanding. And then you also have to develop a base foundation of strength. Now, some people do have that base foundation of strength, but then they lack mobility, so that takes time to develop. And then some yeah. have mobility strength, and that takes time to develop. And then on top of that, you have to develop spatial awareness or air awareness or your ability to control your body while it's moving and then be uh, coordinated. And, of course, with an adult when they're coming in, it's not the same as a kid who's just like, you know, okay, you're starting to shape their training. With an yeah. adult, you know, three months in, they're going to be asking, well, why can't I do a backflip yet? And why can't I – why isn't my handstand perfect after two weeks of training with you? Exactly. So, they, they don't want to hear the word we're doing prep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Preparation. Yeah. yeah. So 
of course, like uh, most people that are listening that probably have, have heard your name uh, and especially around gymnastics, um, you know, related to gymnastics, know you through CrossFit. And because of the yeah. success that you've had um, training CrossFit athletes, and since we're talking about, you know, training adults, even though obviously the people that you've been training through CrossFit that are, you know, the, the well-known ones, and we can name drop in a second, um, the really well-known ones, they're super athletic, but you're, that's not the only kind of person that you train. So, okay. So for the super athletic people, let's get it out of the way from the, the CrossFitters that, uh, you know, you've been uh, training in gymnastics or you're trained in gymnastics, drop some names for the CrossFitter, CrossFit community that's listening so they can get excited. I'm sure they already know, but you know, for the other ones, right. You got Sam Briggs. Yeah. Um, actually my, my first online, actually my first athlete was Sam Briggs and in the CrossFit world, not, not even like localized, just bam, right off the bat, Sam Briggs. Right. Um, I've worked with Sam Briggs. I've worked with Camille leblanc Bazinet, M- Emily Abbott um, for that. And that's generally the athletes that I've worked on one-on-one. I've worked on a couple other bigger names in Canada, helping out here and there. Um, however, that being said, I've programmed for several a- athletes online. Right. Cause with so, Camille, like I know with Camille, you've been like, you guys have actually been in the room together. You've done like training. Yeah. It's, it's not just like uh, giving her online programs, which is something you yeah. also do, but it's yeah. actually hands-on skill development, right? Absolutely. Her, her, Sam Briggs, Emily Abbott, they, they, they were the main ones that I did hand or that, that I did um, hands-on work with yeah. and then help their technique. And then we, we were going back and forth. Like I would fly to wherever they were in that part in time in the country yeah. and do like a weekend session with them just so I have a better view of how they're moving because you can't see everything online and it's always better to have direct feedback instead of uh um post time feedback so yeah when they video it's like okay this is good i'd rather see you do this next time instead of doing 50 reps right, and then you have to wait till the next training session the next video the next everything yeah. um yeah. so with with athletes like that like them you know uh kimi's got you know that baseline of strength of, of course you know she's already developed so many different skills so when you're starting to show them uh and approach training with them are you approaching it from okay we have to start building the you know the technical know-how um or do they also have like kind of big gaps missing, even though they're, they're well-trained and they're, you know, very athletic, do they have big gaps missing for the necessary components for developing that gymnastics base? Well, in, in Camille's um, case, she was well-rounded and she had a found, great foundation, but the thing was she wasn't trained as a male gymnast. Right. So there's certain that, that were, were missing there. There are certain pieces of information that were missing. So her ability to thrive, she was a national level gym, gymnast. She was right. also a national gymnastics coach. Right. Um, but, but for women's she, events, which of course, right? Exactly. Which And women's events is basically bars, beam, vaults, and uh, floor, which three of those are just, if you know your gymnastics, are just tumbling. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them requires a bit more dynamic skills and, and pull-ups, but you're not classically trained on them. So with her, she had a great foundation, but I still had to expose her to a lot of new movements and I still had to do a lot of different development with her, especially for certain skills that she had to work on. Right. And so. while I was in uh, Victoria, you actually we were doing a private uh, and you were training a girl who's like the complete opposite, right? Like somebody who you've been bringing up from like, you know, beginning. I mean, she was still pretty strong, but, you know, yeah. girl, well, she was a fit girl, yeah. but yeah all the ranges of athletes. Like I work with tons of CrossFitters that are beginning um, to CrossFitters that are at a regional level yeah. uh, that, that which want to get better. They want to like, you know, they want to be either get the first muscle up or be more efficient in the muscle ups, just get a handstand. Right. Um, I also work with athletes that, you know, six, six years old, post concussion therapy and just getting their body moving. 
yeah get in, not 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 afraid to move in different directions oh that's awesome and you know like one thing that i've seen and why i wanted to talk to you and talk to you about the in particular uh, conjugate gymnastics what you know yeah. you call what you teach is that i see a lot of people they run kind of like from seminar to seminar they're just like everything. It's like, you know, you mentioned you, you did judo. It's just like the martial arts. People run around looking for secret moves because they feel like, oh, if I go to so-and-so seminar, I'm going to learn that secret thing that's missing. And that's the reason I can't do a handstand yet. Or yeah. I'm going to learn the secret move or the secret progression. And then I'm going to get, you know, my muscle up or my front roll on the rings. But, you know, it, it's more than that. And it's not that, right? There, there's no real secret moves. But the ingredients people use are often all the same, you know, like I, I've been, I was in Hong Kong and they had uh, for a while, they had this guy there who's a great gymnast. He was on the uh, national team in England for, you know, seven years. It was really good. And, uh, you know, I saw him doing his progressions, his regressions while he was teaching. And they were the same kind of ones I had seen from other people, maybe a couple of new ones. I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. Why do you do that? And he showed me and I was like, Oh yeah, I like that one, you know, but by and large, it's, it's the same kind of stuff. But what seems really interesting or missing from most of the things and what is keeping people from kind of hitting their goals is they're not sure how to put the ingredients together. They're not sure really how to program it. And for those that are just following kind of like a general online, a lot of the programs don't really, they're just like, Hey man, do 10 of these. And when you can do 10 of these, you do this. Yeah. And it's because it's like big blanket statement that just doesn't seem to fit and work for people. And I, and I hear that frustration back. Like, oh, I tried this for a while online, but it's not working for me. And I just came back from teaching a guy handstands who that was it. He was following all these online things. And I'm like, well, that's not going to be the same as if we work one on one and I can actually program it. Right. Yeah. So tell us, how is conjugate gymnastics different? And how did you come about thinking about gymnastics the way that you do and programming it the way that you do because obviously the programming is killing. <laughs> People are having tremendous success with it and really uh, hitting goals. So it's, it's filling a blank and it's different from what other people are doing. So how is it different and how did you come to, to thinking about gymnastics this way? Um, well, how is it different is basically, as it says, conjugated just means a, a combination or m multiple different variations of programming. And right. that's where conjugate came from originally. Basically, what I did is I looked outside what gymnastics coaches were doing. I, I came in as an adult, and kids take so many years to develop. And, and generally, depending on the age of the kid, you can't even strength train. For boys, we're not even really strength training them until the ages of like, you know, 13 and up or 14 when certain, you know, their, their growth plates and their wrists start um, getting more structured or their sternum gets a little bit more solidified. Otherwise, they can't develop an iron cross. So, and then at that one point, when they turn 16, testosterone starts kicking in. Um, for women, it's a little bit different because they're pushed for skill level a little bit higher and they have to do minor strength training. Right. But until they get older, they're not even, even going to gain a large degree of strength. So with kids, they take 10, 15 years to develop a certain capacity, a certain um, baseline or foundation or even um, high, high level of strength. But for adults, we already have a lot of strength built in us or generally we have the ability to, to push and move. And so when I was learning how to do gymnastics, I was kept on having these coaches say, oh, do this, do this, like do, do, do eccentric movements or, or uh, and do that or do three sets of 10 until you can do three sets of 10 of this. You can't move on to three sets of 10 of that. Right. And, yeah. And that's what you commonly hear. I mean, that's, yeah, that's it. And, it's like... and ba those, those basic things, I'm like, okay, I'm like, that might work for a kid because they're just trying to get moving their beginner. And like in, in any sport, any beginner level athlete, the first two years, you get the amateur effect. They gain a little bit of strength. Yeah, or, or that's the most time, but it's after those first two years of like them moving 
that's when the real magic happens. So the first year or two, I gained a little bit of strength for gymnastics, but I already had a base level of strength as it is coming in. So right. like my first day, I was able to do a strict muscle up because the coach told me, do this, do this. I'm like, okay, got it. But other skills I wasn't, I, I wasn't able to understand or, or get strong. So I started looking outside the box and I started looking at what other coaches were doing. And I didn't look at coaches from gymnastics. I looked at coaches from other sports. And the, the, this comes back to like when I was involved in CrossFit, I was exposed to a lot. Like when I first started, my, my world was introduced to not just gymnastics. It was introduced to powerlifting. It was weightlifting, running, so on and so forth. And it, it started making me think, I'm like, okay, so gymnasts only program this way and they can get strong. But weightlifters are programming that way and they get strong that way. And then Russians, or not Russians, um, uh, powerlifters are programming another way, and they're also getting strong. Like, the same way gymnastic, like a, a classical gymnastics coach will program, let's say, a barbell strength would not be any benefit for someone on a barbell. Right. It, it just, it just, it doesn't work that successfully. So I started looking at, like, why are other strength coaches programming differently for other sports, and can there be any crossover? And that led me down, down the path to where Louis Simmons was doing, where he started doing what was um, considered, well, originally back in the seventies, a Russian weightlifting club, um, club Dynamo, where they were doing conjugated me methodology. So they weren't just combining one type of methodology or any linear progression, which is, you know, classic three by 10 and then increase, increase, increase until you fail. And that's right. what's going to happen. going to stall out. They started combining different types of strength methodologies into one program. So the body will learn how to adapt and learn how to accommodate. And it's like the law of accommodation. After you start doing something, the body will get stronger that one movement. But yeah. the idea is you constantly want to get stronger in all different ranges, especially if you want to be a well-rounded athlete. And you have to move around and you have to do different styles of training. You have to do your speeds training. You have to do your strength training. You have to do absolute strength. You have to do your um, strength endurance and so on. Right. And the, the only difference that I've come across is that not only are pilots getting strong, but sometimes <clears throat> their tendons are, pretty weak right and from the gymnastics world i had to learn how to develop tendon strength alongside muscle strength for those athletes so that started making me think okay why don't i just start programming it a little bit differently why why don't i just start playing with accommodative resistance with gymnastics which to the best of my knowledge and at that point in time for whatever research i did online and whatever books that i found i'm pretty sure i was the only person in the world mm -hmm. understand or at least playing around experimenting with accommodative resistance at that point in time, meaning I'm, I was using bands for pull-ups, but for resistance training, mm -hmm. I was using chains for, 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 for pull-ups and dips also for handstand push-ups for, for muscle-ups. So it would be at the beginning, at the start of the movement, it would feel really light and then working on speed training. And then at the top of the movement would be really, really heavy. Right. So if I'm doing a push-up, I would actually tie that, tie the bands up to my hands, put them on the ground, tie it around my feet, kick up a handstand. And then as I began my push-up, resistance got harder. Right. But at the base, I would start learning how to develop speed. And I didn't see anyone doing this. I was like, okay. And then I, I took the same methodology, same principles of speed training, accommodated um, resistance. Isn't that the best feeling when you're doing something that no one else is doing? You think to yourself, either I'm a genius or an idiot. <laughs> it, it, was, it was one of those two. I was like, okay, yeah. well, let's, let's. I'm like, if this works for someone doing this with a squat, why can't this work with me doing with a, with a handstand? Yeah. Um, and nowadays, like I see athletes doing this all the time. Yeah. So part, part of me is kind of like, I'm not getting credit for this, but mm -hmm. I'm kind of like, I, when, when I looked all over the world, I didn't see this happening. So it's kind of one of those things. It could be just natural evolution. People are like, okay, hey, why don't we do this? 
Well, there's also, there's also that spread. And, and look, there's a, like, I mean, there's a few things too. Like somebody might've been doing something similar in one place, but maybe not across the board. Maybe they, they looked at a move and they did it for one particular skill they were trying to develop, but they didn't do it like across the board for gymnastics as a whole. Or yeah. um, sometimes, you know, so people can write the same, uh, you know, the same notes in music. And, uh, you know, a person didn't actually plagiarize it. It's just like a good idea came to another person, a good idea. But exactly. Once people like you start doing it on a platform and uh, it starts appearing in videos, not just on your social media, but on, you know, when, when CrossFit reposts, uh, you know, you training Camille or somebody like, you know, the yeah. videos that they've posted. Well, then, of course, a lot of people start seeing it. And once a lot of people start seeing what you're doing, then, yeah, everybody's like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I had this great idea. Well, you had a great idea after you saw somebody else using that great idea. You know, yeah. so, um, yeah, so now, you know, you have a lot of people that are, are, will try and do it. But I also think that there's a big difference between um, people that see the idea, go, yeah, that would be useful. And they start using it is very different than the person who really was thinking about that and has thought of all these different ways to combine it. Uh, yeah. The depth there is different. That's why you have, you know, all those top athletes that are still running to you. Um, because your understanding of how this all fits together is different. It's different than, you know, if, if I see one of your videos and go, oh, shit, cool, that'll be a cool thing. Where are my bands? I'm going to try that. Yeah. And that usually happens. And it's basically, and I've said before, it's like, yeah, I, you see movements like that. You see progression videos online on, on how to do a skill. But that's yeah. like you said, the ingredients. And like the, the secret is, is making the correct recipe. You know, yeah, you, that's you, it. Because we don't need more progression videos there's the world is so full of progression videos that you could sit there in front of your computer and go blind uh you know just watching for anything like if it, yeah. muscle up i don't even know how many videos there are for progressions for muscle up and people still can't do the damn thing so the just the progressions is not the the main problem getting in people's way there's there's oh, more there's actually one thing that surprises me is like i i see all these progression videos and i'm like i still see people charging for their progression videos mm -hmm. I don't understand why, why individuals would pay for them because I'm like, there's a million and one progression videos online. Some movements, yes, are very secretive. I, I can see for higher level movements. Yeah. But for the most part, I have seen a million and one progression videos and I'm like, okay, they have the foundation, they have the basics. Why are you trying to sell something that's, that should be for free? Like the, the secret is the programming. The secret is right. on, on how you're putting the pieces together. It's like, that's, that's something that, that I guess... Uh, that bothers me a little bit yeah i mean well look um, they, if people are willing to pay for it you can you know you can sell them something people are willing to pay uh you know thousands of thousands and thousands of dollars to um basically do basic gymnastics and uh, you know but be told that they're not doing gymnastics they're doing movement yeah right they're oh, they'll, they'll they'll yeah. pay thousands of dollars for uh, uh, what would cost a $20 drop-in or a $10 drop-in, or maybe it's a free class at the YMCA in their town and yeah. they could learn hollow body and, you know, they could learn, uh, you know, basic wrist prep. But if a movement guru shows them wrist prep or something, it's like, uh, Whoa, my God, yeah. oh, it was worth every penny. I would pay $20,000, you know, for the same experience. It's just, People are funny. They don't, they don't do their research. So for, I think people who don't do research and aren't willing to look a little bit on the net and experiment, then there's that. Um, yeah. But like you said, it's the programming. It's right. It's how you cook it, how you, how you put it together. And so with the different things that you're doing, um, one of the things that I used to always tell people that I learned it from Yuri, right. In particular with handstands, but from my other coaches as well, 
like I used to always ask Yuri, like why the handstands on the blocks? Why the handstands this way? Why this way? You know, but it's doing the same thing many different ways is what really develops you. Yeah. Right. So you're, so you're saying the same thing when it comes to gymnastics and, uh, but your many different ways sometimes involves bands, sometimes involves chains. Sometimes, you know, there's so many different things you're mixing up even for something like the dip. Right. So, and that you find like that, that's the missing piece that's kind of a, been really accelerating your athlete's progress. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause there's more than, there, there are so many different variations of every single movement. And like my, my goal is to expose these people uh, mm-hmm. or expose athletes that want to learn to this, because as you said, you can do a handstand and let's just, just do a base count. We do handstands on the floor. We do handstands on rings. We do handstands on parallel bars. We do handstands on blocks. Um, we do handstands against the wall. We do handstands chest facing wall. We do handstands back facing wall. We do handstands. Uh, basically, you can do handstand on a rope. You can do handstand on a slack line. Yeah. Um, like th- those are like other modifications, yeah. but all have different adaptations to them. All, all have good and bad benefits of them. And some do take up more skills. You have one arm handstands. You have several different variations of one arm handstands. All place a different load and all, all make the shoulder stronger and different ways. If performed correctly, right? Once, yeah. once it, it, like anything, if if formed correctly, it'll make you stronger. So now take that same methodology, and it goes with push-ups. You know, there's push-ups on rings, there's push-ups on parallettes, there's push-ups on the floor, there's push-ups on boxes, there's push-ups on humans. Yeah, like and dips. There's dips on rings. There's dips on parallel bars. There's different variations of, of dips. There's Bulgarian dips. There's uh, Hungary, uh There's Korean dips. There are. Uh, this is like the Forrest Gump gumbo talk. Pretty much, yeah, the yeah. Gumbo. <laughs> But it's true, but it's all, so it's, it's, you know, rather than people looking for the super secret sauce, right? It's, it's uh, mixing into that variety, but also having a coach that knows how to program which thing into what, what variety at what intensity at what level and, and put the ingredients together. And that's, what's going to move them forward. And I think also it's that one thing that's very key, especially with the gymnastic skills, like you were saying, there's so many progression videos and, and, you know, why are some people paying for it? Some of them might actually be worth more because, um, you know, I find a lot of people, they have a very hard time just because they know the progression. They can't explain it right. just because they know the right. alignment. They can't explain it either, you know, um, and it's is worth gold. The ones that can. And, and there's a perfect example. I won't say who it was, but um, once I was with the, uh, this movement guru and, uh, those of you can't uh, you can't see this because but Sean and I while we're recording it we have a uh, you know our cameras open so I I can see his face so as soon as I said that he had a big grin. Um, so I was with this movement guru and I asked him about the one arm lever because I was just working on a one arm lever and I uh, had so that not, not one arm one arm. Oh yeah, double. crocodile. Right? Let's call it crocodile. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it, so it, yeah, it's the pr- the pretty kind of circusy balancing on one arm move, right? Yeah. Um, so I was working on it and. I was I would have kind of what I call the the typical uh, Insta Sham one where you're you're balancing on one uh you know one arm you're bouncing on that one elbow but your legs are a little low it looks like you're kind of like a sad flower it's not it's not the most exciting one but that's kind of like you see a lot of guys on on uh, Instagram doing it like that and it's like you know it's it's not great the lines aren't good it doesn't look like you're going to be joining Cirque du Soleil any anytime so yeah. I asked him, I said, you know, I feel strong enough to do it, but I don't feel uh, stable. I don't feel stable at all, like in the sense that it doesn't feel like I, I can really push in and I don't feel like I feel like I'm holding it, but it's sloppy and it doesn't look right. Like, what should I do to make, you know, the platform better? And 
he gave me this super long, obtuse, weird answer that was not only not helpful, but I think I actually got dumber for having heard it. And I left and I couldn't find my car keys that day. And I think it was a direct relation to the fact that trying to understand what he was talking about um, definitely killed brain cells. Um, and then I, I saw you in Montreal not long after that. And I said, hey, can I ask you something? And actually, I came over to you. I think I saw you like playing with the movement. Oh, and yeah, I, yeah. I, like, I said something, and I'm like, it's, it's in my natural instinct. I see someone trying hard. I'm like, yeah. why don't I come over and give them a tip? You know, yeah, like, and I asked you, I said, well, this seems to be my problem. And you're like, yeah, yeah. And I'm actually, I have the video because we recorded a video uh, for the people that are listening. Sean, uh, I asked Sean if we could record a video while I was in Victoria. And we, so, we, we, moment. <laughs> yeah, for those of you who are listening, there is a video of this. Um, and uh, if you're like, you know, for the podcast members, uh, you guys will have access to it right away. And you can see and in this video, Sean shows what he showed me that day, which basically I went from could barely do, you know, the, that crocodile uh, to after I was like, Oh, I can hold it. And then, you know, then I can do it. And, you know, I got better and better from there. But you literally gave me, you know, two, three simple things that you said to me, and it changed everything. And I think that's also like, it's a big thing as a lot of people, and we were talking about this in the gym on the weekend. So many people are into gymnastics now. So everybody's a gymnastics coach. Right. And if everyone's a gymnastics coach, well, then no one's a gymnastics coach, because it just doesn't work like that, you know, and just because you were someone was good at gymnastics doesn't mean they were a coach. And I've yeah. seen a lot of people that are quote unquote, teaching these moves. And they don't have the foundation for it. Because one, maybe they never really studied gymnastics in the first place, or they played around with it a bit. And now they're trying to kind of sell themselves as a gymnastics coach or a, I'm still trying to figure maybe you know what this is. What is a movement specialist or a movement teacher? Do you know Because I mean, I, I was born in the 70s. And in the 80s, like a movement means you're taking a crap. <laughs> right it's, it's a bm right uh, okay, so, now. so when oh somebody God. said uh, like a movement it so like is a movement does a movement coach hang out in the bathroom with you and like talk you through it they you know what they could because that, that that technically is learning how to use your body and <laughs> like I'm, I'm i'm confused as to exactly what it is movement coaches do but there's i know that there are now movement coaches everywhere and there yeah. are gymnastics coaches everywhere and the gymnastics coaches that have learned their progressions and regressions off of Instasham, um, I don't think they're like fully equipped <laughs> to be explaining the techniques. And that's what I saw the difference was. You could get me to do the movement and understand the movement in a way that was like maybe a 60 seconds to you know, a minute and a half conversation. Yeah. Um, do you find this a lot now that it's like everywhere you go, every gym you walk into, everyone's a gymnastics coach? Or maybe it's just me being a better old man. Uh, well, it, 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 I'm the same way. I'm probably the bitter old man. Um, I see this happen a lot. And when it comes to gymnastics, like people have to realize there are different styles of gymnastics. There's, there's artistic gymnastics, which is the, the sport that I was trained in with yeah. both men and women. I didn't just do men's. I did men and women at a, at a national competitive level. Mm -hmm. So it was my job to pre-develop. But there's also artistic uh, rhythmic gymnastics, which is basically a lot of flexibility and dancing. Mm -hmm. I have no right to teach that because, A, I don't understand the sport and I don't know the sport. And yep. then there's people, what people call gymnastics is more like calisthenics. Mm -hmm. And their, their understanding of gymnastics is basically one or two beginning movements on either floor or on rings or on a bar. Yeah. So when I, when I hear a movement specialist, I, I, in my mind, I mean, like what I would view is that person is really good at one thing. Mm -hmm. So he's a specialist on that one move. Right. Like, you know, like, like, you know, you have a chef that's 
he's a specialist on sushi. Like his, he, he can cut like temp, tempura or whatever. I don't even yeah. know anything. Like that. He, he can cut. Yeah. A he makes steak. the he makes the egg sushi killer. He's he's exactly. the killer of the egg sushi. Yeah. yeah. So uh, when when it comes to that stuff, like I see it happen all the time, and people start telling like, "Oh, I'm a gymnastics coach." I'm like, "Okay, cool. What you know? What what gymnastics did you teach? Like, where where did you go? Like, like uh, well, what club trained? Well, I didn't. Okay, cool. Uh, gymnastics coach. So you've done your training? No, no. Okay, so you're a gymnastics coach. Right. So what gymnastics coach? Well, I, I can teach pull-ups and muscle-ups. Okay. Not quite a gymnastics coach. Maybe, no, I mean, having a dick don't make you a porn star. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right? You just shattered every guy's heart and mind right there. What? I'm not a porn star. <laughs> yeah, sorry, guys. Having the equipment is, is just the beginning. That's, you know, like, it's like also, sorry to disappoint you, uh, doing a muscle-up, right, is a, no, is a non-thing. That just means you got on the equipment. So if that's, oh, yeah. if that's your claim to fame, that's the equivalent of a runner bragging that they can tie their shoes by themselves. Pretty much, or at least walk around the track. Like, it's like, it's, it's the basic movements. I, like, from, from a gymnastics point of view, like, we do muscle-ups in our conditioning. And yeah. that, that's the point of, of doing muscle-ups, but it's not a skill. Right. It's, it, it, it's not a skill that's great. It used to be many, many, many years ago. And then for juniors now in Canada, it used to be, we had a whole bunch of names like Argyle, super competitive, pre-comp, blah, blah, blah. Now it's like numbers, levels, level one to 10, and then senior. Right. Why, um, why do you think, like, why do you think it's so hard for the average, you know, and I'll say fit person, because I see them, you know, arguably yeah. they're, they're quite fit. People yeah. in the gym that I see failing, trying to get muscle-ups. What, what, by and large, is the biggest stumbling block? What's stopping them from getting it? Oh, because we just said it's not a big deal. <laughs> so, um, you know, so everybody listening is thinking, yeah, screw you. It's a big deal to me. <laughs> I've been okay. trying for two and a half years or something, you know? Okay. Well, 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 well let's, let's, well, if they're listening and if they haven't turned it off by now and then they haven't yeah. thrown or like haven't scoffed or they're, they're not writing an angry email, um, let's put it this way. Uh, so Forward it, all angry emails to Sean Lynn's account, please. Absolutely. Please. I would love to read them. So I'll put it this way. I've taught men who are six foot seven, 275 pounds to do a strict muscle up. And I've, I've also taught women who are 170 pounds doing five strict muscle ups in a row. So I, they from, from, no, from no back, like without a gymnastics background, like they, they work, they conditioned. I've right. also, I've also helped some guys who are like 170 pounds do an extra 70, 80 pounds on a strict muscle up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it, uh, in a sense, like it, so they can't say I'm too big. They can, yeah. nobody's going to come oh. to you and go, I'm too tall to do muscle ups. That's my problem. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm too tall to do a muscle up. Okay. Well then just get a higher set of rings Yeah. <laughs> or, or bend your legs and bend your legs. Or, or hold we, an outfit or something like that. Yeah. And we can make um, it. Happen. A lot of things fail people from, from getting a muscle up because like, it's not just one thing. Like everyone's case by case scenario. Mm-hmm. Some athletes could lack mobility and that could be it. And generally uh, most athletic individuals can lack mo- mobility. Some lack internal rotation strength because they need internal rotation strength. And I know in this day and age, when you hear internal rotation, a lot of people go, oh, internal rotation is bad. I'm like, well, in order to get to the bottom of your dip, you need to be internally rotated. Yeah. So you need internal rotation strength. And Iron Cross is a lot of internal rotation strength. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of trainers that we have coming to the courses, they're afraid to get low in the dip. Their dip is so high that the transition is massive. It's like this yeah. chasm because they, they are afraid to go down and uh, they also have no, no strength, no stability, no nothing when they get down there, you know? Yeah. And, and you know what? I almost think that comes back from like the old school bodybuilder days when they said, never go too deep in a dip because it's going to hurt your shoulder and then never lock out your arms when you're doing weights. I'm like, and we know that to be the opposite. Right. <laughs> yeah. Short, that shortens the tendon alone. Like, yes, it puts more pressure on the muscle. So it may, may uh, 
promote high, high hypertrophy. Um, yeah. But it's going to wreck your joints. Like you're not going to fully extend your arm anymore. You're not going to scratch your ass. And yeah, yeah and I, I think you're right. I think there's still some hangover from that stuff, you know, like by and large people understanding, Oh, you, you can straighten and lock things out. That's how we hold things. That's fine. But there's still some holdouts. There's still a little bit of that running around in people's heads and it's time, right? It's definitely getting better and better. It goes back to like that old video or the old um, articles are going out like, don't squat. It's bad for your knees. Well, yeah, yeah it, it is when you don't do it right. And yeah. the, the, the study that they did that where, the knee, where it hurt the knees, if you go back and read that study, the athletes were standing with a barbell on the back and shoving their knees forward to descent, not yeah. standing their head. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, of course you're going to fucking hurt your knees. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Smashing your face into a wall, by the way, is also bad for your face. Yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. A new study that just came out. Yeah, and but icing, your, icing up, your balls makes your balls cold. It's a, yeah. that, that was a $6 million study that was just done on that. Apparently, yeah. if, you, if you sit with them in a bucket of ice, they're going to get colder, which will yeah. also make you feel cold everywhere. Yeah, go yeah. figure. $6 million. Figure. That, that was the new study. Yeah. So, yeah. I so, think- so back to the muscle up. Like, they're like, uh, just like uh, I'll cover all the points. I'm like, they're, they're, there's basic strength, there's mobility. There's also stability work. And yeah. a lot – some athletes can be exceptionally strong. I mean, dudes – Dudes, let's say a guy or a girl, bench yeah. pressing 300 pounds, yeah. not, not a small feat by any means, you know, and yeah. let's say they can do uh, weighted pull-ups quite easily, but yeah. they still don't muscle up. Chances are they will have the strength, but they don't have the stability to hold. Right. And that generally happens a lot when it comes to gymnastics club. A lot of bodybuilders, they're, they're working, uh, or at least even weightlifters, pilotlifters, um, they're working with weights that are stationary or static or, or not being um, used in a way that caused any stability work to happen. Right. And that's, that's their missing link. And then there's the opposite. There's the people that only do stability work and think they're getting stronger and they're missing raw, raw strength. Right. Like these people do TheraBand work all the time. And then they do these like little twisty movements and they're like, Oh, I'm, I'm training, I'm training this axis right. or this, this, this movement, or they're doing squats on a BOSU ball or, you know, or yeah. pushups on a BOSU ball. Like, like, great. That's, that's minor stability, which does help, but you're missing your raw strength. Yeah, they don't so, have the whole picture, right? No. So for people that are listening, they're kind of interested and they're like, yeah, or maybe they've been struggling a bit with their gymnastics and they're like, oh, this sounds really cool and this sounds different than what I'm doing, uh, but they don't live out in Victoria, BC, and it's you know Canada where they can train with you. Um, what can they do to check out Conjugate Gymnastics and to kind of get you to do some programming for them? You have general programming online on Conjugate Gymnastics? So my general programming is geared towards fitness enthusiasts. So people that want to get better at the strength and conditioning part of gymnastics, which will help any foundation. And that, that's the point of it. Like I will not teach someone how to do a backflip online or swing to handstand on parallel bars online because that requires certain development. That also requires safety yeah. and, and being spotted. Yeah. And for, um, for those things, you want to be there. You want to do the corrections live as they're happening. Right. So that, so for something like, if I want to learn tech, like really technical components, yeah. um, I'm going to bring you in for a seminar or I'm going to go to one of your seminars. Absolutely. Okay. Um, but, but for the most part, for the strength conditioning part of it, um, go online, you go to my website, www.conjugategymnastics.com or .ca. Yeah. Um, either where we'll link it to it. And then in information is about the program. And the, basically the program is there's three online right now. Um, one is basically for a competitive level CrossFitter who wants to improve their regional level performance or get to regionals or, and, or go to the games. Right. Um, that, that's the same programming that's been helping all these individuals. It, you know, it helped 
Back in 2015, I had work with Rich Froning and his team. His girls needed help. They mm -hmm. signed up for the program and they did, did that for six months. Um, granted, they have a whole bunch of other programming that helped them as well. Yeah. But that did help them with their gymnastics programming. I've cool. helped multiple teams get second place in, in the CrossFit Games yeah. um, with, with their athletes. But that, that's what the competitive level gymnastics program is for. It's then the second one is the foundation strength program, which is those athletes like, Hey, I want to get stronger. So I get better at pull-ups. I want to get stronger at better work capacity. I want, I want to get my muscle up or improve my strict muscle up, or I want to get handstands, handstand push-ups. Yeah. That's the foundation. And then I have a program and that's 40. Those are four days a week, both of those. Then I have one that's like, okay, you have your individual and they're doing all this work and you know, they have a life, they have house, car, mortgage, two kids, 17 dogs, 15 cats. Uh, mm, sounds good. Sign me up. Yeah. Uh, so one of those where they don't have a lot of time and it's a light program. It's only two days a week. And, and so athletes like, okay, I want to improve my gymnastics, but I'm not going to dedicate, you know, 16 hours in a gym a day sure. just so I can get better. And I have the light program and it's just basically a modified volume of the foundation program. And yeah, it, awesome. it's, it's, it's not like all, all the program movements have video tutorials. So I'm like, okay, so this is the movement I want you to do. And in the video, or not, it's not even video tutorial. It just shows progressions. I don't even talk. I hate hearing the yeah. sound of my voice. <laughs> I show, yeah. And I'm a visual learner and I love people to be visual learners. So I show a video. This is the movement. This is scale one, scale two. The video can show a progression for so many movements within a minute and a half. Sure. And yeah. That's, that's easy. You can just click yeah. it and then you know what you got to do that day. And you're like, all right, I got to try and make it look like this. So yeah. it's cool enough, right? Yeah. yeah. And then that's, that's my version of any tutorial, like sitting there talking for 20 minutes on a tutorial is boring. <laughs> it's not my day of a good time either. No. All right. So that's awesome. They can, so they can check that out at conjugate gymnastics.com. They can also go to at Sean Lind and it's S E A N L I N D where they'll find you on uh, Instagram, right? It's Sean Carland on Instagram. Oh, Sean Carland. Yes. Yeah. So oh, right. yeah. The Carlos uh, thing. Uh, yeah, L and Yeah. <laughs> what I'm going to do is underneath the podcast, I'm going to uh, link to it. So you don't have to worry about that. Everybody who's listening. And then they can also, because you are traveling quite a bit and you will regularly come in and do uh, gymnastics workshops on different topics. So if somebody's got a gym and wants to start getting uh, their people doing uh, this stuff and wants to improve their gymnastics program or just the, what their athletes are training, they can uh, contact you and have you come over there and yeah. uh, do a special workshop for them, depending on what they want. Not, not only gymnastics, but also it, like we were talking about uh, the standing acro, the uh, standing acrobatics partner work. You do that as well uh, in workshops. Well, I guess this is my time to plug a little bit, isn't it? Yeah, plug, man. I'm doing uh, it for you. You know, jump in. <laughs> um, well, for workshops, I, I do multiple different variations of workshops. So when it comes to gymnastics, I will do gymnastics workshops where I'm teaching people technique and skill. Then yeah. I've done workshops where I've taught coaches how to teach this to their, their clients or their athletes. So there's, there's been basic level athlete training seminars. There's yeah. been coach seminars where I'm like, okay, you're a coach. This is what you're looking for in the athlete. This is how you develop it. And this is how you spot it so they feel safe. Right. Um, yeah, and also because of my circus background, I can also do standing acrobatic courses, which is if you don't know what that is, type in standing acrobatics or go to my link. Throw people like a kettlebell and catch yeah. them in a handstand. Really, really fun to do. It is super and, fun. Yeah. I'm going to post a video. Uh, we caught some nice footage of you doing some of the standing acro while we were uh, out uh, there at the uh, circus lab. Well, so you, you, you guys caught some of the ones, but we, we, the other guy that was there, the, the video yeah. guy. The guy that was filming pro style. Yeah. Yeah. So go to my, go to my link and then trust me, just 
You don't they, yeah, then they'll see the really good ones. Fine. You can see the crappy video. You just told everybody, see the crappy video on the Instagram, the Agatsu Instagram account, and then go to yours for the really good video. Is that what you're, yeah. you're saying? Pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. That's a very nice way to end things. All right. We've got <laughs> a lot of things up. I want to thank you, Sean, for uh, taking the time to uh, come on the show and talk gymnastics and give everybody a little bit of insight into uh, what conjugate gymnastics is, what you do, why it's different. As always, it was a pleasure. And I, I don't know if this one beats the one that we did when we were uh, drinking the Viking wine, but uh, it's, it's probably as good. I'm going to say it was as good. Uh, I don't know. That, that, that one had a little bit of flair to it. We, uh, we had a little bit of, <laughs> a, little, a couple moments in there. It, it was special. We'll just say it was special. It was special. Um, I, I will say this, though. Uh, now that I'm thinking, if anyone's still listening, if they haven't turned it off yet, <laughs> which <laughs> my whole, mil, millions of people could be listening right now, for all yeah. I know. I'm going to say this. Uh, as gymnastics goes, like, my job is, is to learn how to improve and adapt. Yeah. I, I, I've never set my ways. I've always wanted to improve and adapt. That is what I think or I believe makes me a, a better coach is that if you're listening, I want you to, if you're worried about gymnastics or you have questions about gymnastics, don't be afraid to email me or email Sean and he'll maybe yeah. you, Sean or Sean, yeah, that got yeah. weird. Um, and ask the questions like, what, what certain things shy away from doing gymnastics? Like constantly I hear, oh, I can't do gymnastics because I'm not in shape yet. It's like, well, you, you need to start doing movement to get in shape and gymnastics is part of a movement, is it not? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or it's like, yeah, it's like, or, oh, I'll learn. I'll learn self defense once I. I'm going to start doing martial arts when I get uh, blah blah blah. It's like, well, why don't you just go now if you're really interested in doing it? And if you're really interested in doing gymnastics, why don't you go to gymnastics? Like everyone starts somewhere in a sense. Yeah. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, like you, you, nobody, you weren't thinking, oh, I'm too old to do gymnastics. You were, you were just thinking, hey, I'm going to go do gymnastics. You know? No, and and, and I flew it in, and then yeah. like my job is to be surrounded, like by all, all these types of individuals that do highly specialized movement. Like I, not only did I get to learn how to do gymnastics as a, as a gym or do hand, let's put a hand sense. I got to learn how to do handstands as a gymnast. Yeah. And I also learned how to do handstands as an acrobat. Yeah. Two completely different worlds. Yeah. By acrobat, I mean circus acrobat where like people who learn how to do one arm handstands and then gym, gymnasts who learn how to do just basic handstands and they're two different styles and there's not much carryover. So if you think you have a good handstand, the acrobatic world is a whole new story and whole new develop for handstands. And you yourself have gotten exposed to that. Yeah. So I'm just, just curious, like if you have any questions or like any reservations about gymnastics, yeah, give me yeah. a call. Then definitely. I'm going to put your contact information underneath the website as well. Everyone's going to have no problem finding you. Thanks a bunch, Sean. It was yeah. a pleasure. It was a blast as always. Thank you, man. All right. Take care.